Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Welcome to uh, to church, welcome to Global Church. And whether you're global uh, because you come as a church or whether you're friends of global, I don't know where you're connecting from and tuning in from uh, in the world, but you're welcome. And this morning I've got a great message for us. And uh, I'm looking forward to the message this morning because the message that I want to bring to you is this. It's a new season or it's a new day. It's a new time. It's your time and it's your turn. And I want to have a look in the Bible where that happened for a man called Joshua. And uh, he served an, an amazing leader. Um, called Moses and Moses was awesome and people looked at him as awesome and yet he felt insignificant, he felt insecure, he felt what every single leader feels uh, at different stages in their life and even at the pinnacle of the career leaders usually feel nervous about certain things just simply because uh, they need to rely on God. If that nervousness wasn't there uh, if it was just like every time you come out, you feel like you can just deliver the goods. Uh, you know, the, the, the energy moves from him to him or from him to her. Can I just call us him just for shorthand? It's not a sexist thing. <laughs> not even a sexy thing. But, you know, it's just shorthand for time. But I want to have a look at, at Moses, uh, at Joshua. But first of all, Moses, how he passed on the baton. How he sort of like set a new generation going. And uh, it's brilliant. Right at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. And it's Deuteronomy chapter 34. And it said, uh, says this, verse 9. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, so intimate, who did all the miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and all his officials and to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power and performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. It's like, how do you follow that? And uh, Joshua was going to have to. And God was, had been preparing him and so had Moses and he'd served Moses and that's the way through. That's the way through in global. We have people serving another leader until they take that position themselves and then that leader moves on to a, a greater sphere of influence. And so it should be, we should be passing it on to the next generation, to the next line of leaders Instead of just, you know, leadership used to, in churches used to be like, we keep hold of it. I've got my position now and they defend it. And, you know, it just goes tired and rusty and old. And we're meant to be fresh and energised. And God has got many leaders that he wants to train up. And in global, we train shed loads of leaders. I want more and more coming through. And where there's a leadership position, let's get somebody in and let's create a, another leadership position that has a greater sphere of influence for the, for the seasoned ones. So, you know, there's a place for everybody in church. But I wonder what your business is like. I wonder what it's like working in your school. 
I wonder what it's like in your work, uh, workplace. Can you see that there's people that have been there and they, are, they have become a ceiling to everybody else's progress? And this is really what my message is today, that, that Joshua came through and God called a Joshua for, for a new time. And uh, so hence the, the, the message today, it's a new season, it's a new day. And that's a song as well written by uh, a, a guy, it's a new season, it's a new day. And he says, fresh anointings flowing your way. And anointings in the Bible is empowering of the Holy Spirit, fresh ones. And, you know, during lockdown, we've all been sort of like caged animals. And many of us haven't been able to use our skills, our talents, our gifts. And God's been doing a work in your heart during this time. And I believe that when you go back to old positions, that's exactly how they'll feel. And you'll think, I've done this for too long. I want to move on. And that's what I'm looking at today. It's a new season. It's your time and it's your turn. And I'm not talking about cosmetic change here. It's more about an extreme makeover. God is going to do a new thing in your life and in the life of your business, in the life of your career, and in the life of church. Why should church lag behind the world? We should be leading the world. In fact, in many places, we are leading the world. And that's been a change in the tide of what's going on in the world. And it's amazing. And the greatest, most influential churches are in third world countries. Did you know that? And the biggest. It is amazing uh, as, I, as I watch churches around the world. But you know, not everybody will be ready for the new season at the same time. In fact, some people will feel like they're having something uh, put on them and they'll resent it. It's like, no, I, I want to do it in my time. But opportunities come and you've got to be ready. And if you're not ready, they will come and you'll, you, you'll think about it and you'll, you'll just leave it and let it go because you'll, you'll start to use that side of the brain that's full of logic and you'll be weighing everything up instead of using the other side of the brain. Is it left and right where it's inspirational and, you're like, and, it's, and it's like full of vision and the miraculous lives there and that's where you need to move to in this season. That artistic side of the brain so that you're, you're ready for new creative things to happen in your life and in your, your, the life of church and, or your business or your career or whatever. Therefore, get yourselves ready. And I want to help us to get ready at this time. So number one uh, with Joshua and Moses is, here's a tool for you, separation. Separation. God said to Moses something very obvious. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. <laughs> so listen to what he says here. After the death of Moses, Joshua chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. The Lord said to, uh, to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the, the Jordan River uh, into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert, and he goes right through all that, the different places, we don't know them, but it was a big place. And he names a place, it's an area, a huge area. And then he says this, 
As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Just backing up a bit, God made him a promise. He made Joshua a promise in verse 5, he says, no man will be able to stand up against you. You know, when God's called you, nobody can, they'll come against you and you'll feel they might even knock you on your back, metaphorically or even physically, but, but you'll get back up again. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will rise again. Micah says, do not, the prophet Micah, he says, do not mock me, my enemies, though I have fallen, I will rise again. And there's something in the heart of the Christian of resurrection power that no matter what comes at us, it might knock us flat. We might not look pretty. We might not look cool or beautiful, but we will get back up again and people will look just as the, the fighter did against uh, uh, Tyson Fury when he knocked Tyson Fury out and he thought he'd won. Tyson Fury got back up and the man looked and thought, oh no. That's what the devil thinks about Christians when they get back up again. It's like, what do I have to do? to take these people out because the spirit of God is inside of us and it's more powerful than the devil, than angels, fallen angels, anything that comes at us. No man will be able to stand up against you. And then he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. That's a great word. It's a Bible word. God wants you to be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do what is written, uh, to do everything that is written in there. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Another version says, then you will make your way prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Joshua cracked on and got things ready to go into the promised land. And he's going to have to cross a flooded Jordan River. And he was going to have to take the biggest city in the new land and it was called Jericho and its walls were like 30, 30 feet, even 90 feet thick. Uh, it was well fortified. You just could not get in. Um, so just saying, they, you know, they were going to need God to be with them. You might look after lockdown at your career, at your business, or even your role in church and you might think, goodness me, what it's going to take to take what we've got here to where it needs to be in the promised land, in the new, the, 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 the new way God wants to do things in us and through us. He's like, oh, it's just impossible. Exactly. Exactly. God doesn't call us to the possible or the easy. He calls us to the impossible. And that's why we rely on him. He's the God of the impossible. So I want to have a look at my first point, separation. Moses, my servant, is dead. This is not just information. This is separation. A separation from the old way of thinking. We're not going to do things Moses' way. Moses had his place. 
And Moses had a different calling than Joshua. Moses was trying to get people out of Egypt. And he was supposed to go into the promised land. But due to unbelief and fear and stuff like that and bad reports, and they sort of like caved in and God promised them, this generation will not get in. But the sons and daughters will get in to the promised land. And isn't this interesting? The, one of the biggest reasons why the Israelites didn't get into the promised land through Moses is because the parents with the little toddlers, children's, children all around them, they were saying, oh, there's giants in the land. What will they do to our kids? Let's protect the kids. And God said, the very children you want to protect are the ones who will go into the promised land. But you won't go in because of your unbelief. And, you know, I've seen that in churches. I'm sure it happens in lots of spheres of life where people hide behind the children and sort of say, well, it's the kids. We had one woman said to us, me and Shelley, she goes, I don't want my child to be sacrificed. You're like, what are you on about? Your kid eats chocolate on a Sunday when they come to our, our uh, Sunday school, well, we eat kids club. Your, your, your kid has games, they have a message from, from the Bible, they have singing that they can join in actions, they have a great time. What are you on about? Sacrifice your kids. And it's because we wanted to move them from one room to another room. Is it any wonder, you know, like a mighty tortoise, marches the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where we've always trod. It never progresses. But you know, on the global, I determined, because I didn't want to plant, I didn't want to start a new church. I had 20 years in the ministry and I was fed up and I was giving up on that kind of ministry. And I was just going to join a church that was thriving, that was progressive, that was forward thinking. And I thought, I will help to grow that church. But as for leadership and things, I am done playing church with people who say they want it, but don't really want it. And I was about 16 years ago, 17 years ago. And, I, and me and Shelley, we decided we're, we're going to have a church that's robust, that's raw, that's real, and that's reaching people who have never heard the gospel. It's not that they've rejected God, they've never had a God to reject. And, uh, you know, I listen to people like Stephen Fry and, and uh, some of the, the uh, atheists. Uh, I listen to the debating. And the kind of God that they, they describe and they say, I don't believe in a God like that. And I'm thinking, no, neither do I. You've got the wrong vision. You've got the wrong picture of God. And it's the church's job to go and sit with these guys and, and have it out with them and just say, you're barking up the wrong tree. This is the kind of God that we're talking about. Anyway, it's a robust kind of church. And Joshua and Moses had different things to do. And Moses couldn't get the people out because they, they, were, they lived in fear, not in faith, and yet they were God's people. Where are you living today? Is it fear or is it faith? Because this new season that's coming your way, it's, it's not just coming, it's here. And, and you know, I'm just a, an alarm clock going off today to say, it's here, it's the new thing. Recharge your batteries, have a look, lift your head, go and see what, what other people, are, how they're transforming. Go and look at what the new world looks like because that's where we're going. And it's challenging, it's frightening, but it's awesome and it's adventurous and it'll give you a pulse again. Your pulse will begin to race, your heart will begin to beat again, rather than knowing predictable. It's the same old, same old. You've worked for the same old company for years and it's like, yeah, sales, here we go. No, 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 where's your fresh energy? Where's that new anointing from God? To say sales, I'm gonna up my sales. I'm gonna inspire my team to sales. 
In fact, if I haven't got a team, I'm going to grow a team. Come on, think about it. Here's a scripture for you. When you serve your master or your boss at work, serve him or serve her like you're serving Jesus Christ himself. That's in the Bible. So go on, go and make them shed loads of money. The blessing that's on your life should come on your boss's business. This, your boss should look and say, since you came into my business, we have gone through the roof. What is it about you? Moses was meant to get the people out from underneath the rulership of an evil king who hated his subjects and he treated them very, very badly. That reminds me of somebody, you? It's the devil. And it's a real picture of Satan's kingdom and Pharaoh, the king, and he was full of the demonic and he was so oppressive of God's people. And Moses, the liberator, brought them out from underneath his rule, took them through the Red Sea. That must have been awesome. Watching Moses with his staff over the Red Sea and the thing parting as the winds came and, and they walked through on dry ground and then the Egyptians coming after them and the, the Israelites having all the, the gold and the silver and the jewels and the clothes. The whole GDP of a nation had walked through that Red Sea being carried by the Israelites who had borrowed all those things from the neighbours, the, the uh, uh, the, the Egyptian neighbours and they're walking through and Pharaoh clocked it and he's like, get them. And he's, they start to, to come to dr drag the Israelites back. God washed the water back over and all of God's people's enemies were drowned in that water. The oppressors were gone and his people came out of the other side. And then there came a time where Moses handed over leadership and God gave his, his, uh, his people the Ten Commandments and 603 other commandments as they came out of that water. It wasn't long before God gave them the right way to live because there is a right way to live. You have a conscience, I have a conscience. There is a right way to live. God has written it in our DNA, right and wrong, whether you've read the Bible or not, we're made in his image. And so this new thing that's coming in our life, there will be... Um, there will be a right way to do it. There'll be a right way to live. And maybe in the past, you got a little bit loose. You got a little bit, um, what, what shall I say? You know, the nuts on the machinery need tightening up. And, you know, we need to focus again on what we're about. And where you've gone, where you've gone loose in your, your lifestyle, there'll, there'll come a, a sensation of sharpening up and getting ready. And you're more about battle uh, in terms of fighting situations that become the enemy of your dream and uh, standing firm when people are trying to dissuade you. That kind of battle where, whereby you're wanting to say, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here and nobody's going to stop me. In a good way, in a right way, but in a definite way. Moses got them out, got the Israelites out of Egypt. Joshua's job is to get them into the promised land. And, you know, as church, um, I love it when we do baptisms and stuff like that because it's the final break of, of people coming out of the stronghold and the, the rulership of Satan's kingdom. And his power is broken on their bodies and on their minds. And that's why many people get healed after baptism or through baptism. Many people find that uh, mental issues dissolve because what was, what was attacking them wasn't a depression. It was a demonic thing. There's two different things, but I'm just saying dark things lift off you.
Why? Because the light has come and the darkness can't overcome it. And Joshua's ministry is so exciting because he's getting them into the promised land. And as we get people baptized, we're bringing them into a new way of living, a new way of thinking. Romans chapter 12, first few verses says, in the light of all God's goodness, therefore offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means you die every day. You die to what you want and you live for the one that you live for, God Almighty. And it's like, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your worship. And then it goes on to say, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a new way of thinking. The Apostle Paul says, set your mind on things above, not things below. And it's like you're living for a future kingdom. But that future kingdom keeps breaking in on your life now. And doors of opportunity open up to you because God's pouring out a blessing on your life. And you get a promotion that includes more money coming your way. That's God giving you money. Can you see how it works? God blesses you with children. And you might think that's not a blessing when you're getting up in the middle of the night. But you know what? The Bible says that children are a blessing from God. And I want to speak more and more about this new life. And it's a new season. It's a new day. But to get into this new season, this new day, the first thing that we need to do is separate ourselves and separate from an old way of doing things, an old thinking. Not Moses is thinking now, but Joshua's thinking. And that must have been tough for Joshua because uh, you know, he's, he's doing things differently than Moses. And you can sometimes feel like, am I doing this right? Because I've been trained this way. Moses sent 12 spies into the, the promised land to spy out the land. And when they came back, two of them said, yes, it's possible that we can do what God's told us to do. But 10 said, it's not possible. So we didn't get in. And when you look at Joshua, he doesn't send spies. <laughs> he doesn't send 12 spies. Don't tell everybody. He says one, sends one or two of his guys out to, to sniff things out a little bit. But he doesn't make a big public show of it. And the guys go into Jericho and they meet people in the lower echelons of life. You've just really got to meet these people because when you find them, you'll find God's there. And Rahab the prostitute was there and she helped them. God had been speaking to her heart and she helped them. And that comes later on in the story, but I'm getting ahead of my time. Separation from the old way of doing things. Maybe in your business, you've got to stop doing things you, you, uh, that you used to do. And you're going to have to learn to do, do it a new way. It's easier when somebody either moves on from your company and you get promoted. But sometimes you're the Moses and the Joshua. And you've got to change your tactics. You've got to change your, uh, your MO. And you've, you've got to now start, in, instead of, this is how we do sales in the shop, this is how we do, and it's more like, this is how we do sales online. I'm just giving you two obvious things. And it's how you handle the tension of it all. And, uh, but as you do that, God wants to pour you out his Holy Spirit so that he empowers you to actually be gifted in it um, and gives you a want to when you think, oh, I can do without this. Whenever I say that to myself, I can do without this, I remind myself, no, I need this because God gives you strength in the struggle. You metamorphosis for metamorphosis, you change 
during that time of struggle. And like the butterfly that comes out of the chrysalis, God births a new beautiful thing. And one that's not bound like a caterpillar to the earth. But it's a butterfly that can move. And it's, it can move anywhere. And so its horizons just broaden so much more. That's a beautiful picture. I'll be writing poetry in a minute. It's a separation from the old way of thinking. It's a, separ it's a separation from a previous generation. That's what it means when, we, when God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's a separation from an old way of thinking, but also a separation from a previous generation. And, you know, it's one thing to honour people and honour the past, but it's another thing to build on it. And my job within Global is to help people uh, build on the good things that we've had in our nation, in our churches. It's like, let's build. We nod to the past like, thanks, you got us this far, but, you know, we'll take it from here. It's your time and it's your turn. And uh, what worked in the past will not work in the future. It won't. Life's progressive. We have to get on and move on. And it can seem to some people like you're being brutal. But, you know, if they've got the same heart as you, if it's a heart full of the Holy Spirit, then what you've got is you've got one heart. It has to be filled with the Holy Spirit in church. I think it has to be in business. But if you're not a believer, the nearest you can get to it is that people sign up to the same value and the same vision, but also the same culture that you have. And the culture in global is pioneer. It's trying new things. It's outstretched to the future. It's moving towards the goal. And if we're not, then we ask hard questions about that. And things don't just happen. Leaders make things happen. Gosh, this is good. For God's people to complete the next phase of their journey, there had to be a separation, a severing of the past in order to grasp the future. I can't say this enough, especially in your business or your career. Come on, let God wobble your head. And he'll do that through other people. Watch other people. Be astounded. Feel like you're being left behind. Go through that feeling and allow it to do its work because that feeling of, I think I'm being left behind. I'm not a switched on. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the top dog. I'm, and, and what we do is we try to uh, shut, shut, put the shutters up like, no, no, I can do it. I've got this, I've got this. No, don't. Use humility instead. Humility is a great thing. And, and let the panic in your heart saying, I don't think I'm going to cope. I don't. Let it drive you back to God and say, will you help me? And he will. He loves a prayer like that. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, the Bible says. So separation is always the first act of possession. If you see something that you want, separation is the first act of getting there. Because sometimes you've got to let go of some of your friends. Sometimes you've got to let go of some of your old ideas of how you do things. Sometimes it's, you know, it's whatever it is. Because to get to where you're going, you're going to have to separate from your present. And your friends will keep you where they want you. But God wants to lead you where you've never been before. Let me just show you this in Joshua chapter 3. It's an awesome verse. Chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, I think it is. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that was a, like a box that was overlaid with gold and it had two angels on the top. And it, was, it, was, it represented God's presence. And it was a powerful thing in the midst. People lived and died 
by touching that thing. And so, uh, you know, there was awesome. Uh, there was an, uh, an awesome feeling and, and uh, a real fear and respect when, when they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, and Joshua said, when you see uh, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your position and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. You have to move out from your positions and follow it. In other words, keep your eye on God. Keep your eye on what God's doing. How does that happen? Follow the man or woman. Follow the man who's following God. In your business, follow the woman who's at the cutting edge. And, and you know, they might not have everything together because we don't live in a Christian world. But that's not the point. If, you know, you, what you, there's a rightness. You'll, you'll see them uh, making a difference. And you'll say, you've got something that other businesses don't have. And, uh, you know, you've, you've, you can follow that. It's when they just can't be bothered. And you think, I can't follow that. I can't get out of bed for I can't be bothered leader uh, in business or even in your career. You might even have to change schools because the person above you is not going nowhere and, and they're blocking you. And there's only two things you can do. Pray them out and pray yourself in or go and pray yourself out and go find another job somewhere. But don't let people or situations keep you where you are. Why? Because it's a new season. It's a new day. I've got to bring this in and finish for today. I've just got through my first point, but I want to get us to see that separation is always the first act of possession. If you really want something new, you must let go of something old, very, uh, you know, at, at the beginning. And the church in Britain has not been good at this, but the new churches are a lot better. We don't really have denominations anymore. Like we have Catholics and Church of England, they'll probably last till Jesus comes back. But, but other denominations, your Methodists, your Baptists and stuff, many of them are dying out. We don't have denominations now. We have networks and things have changed. Denominations were for the old, old times and the new times in networks. And um, the amazing things that's happening in churches throughout the world. I'm amazed at what's happening in Britain. What's happening in London? You know, there's so many mega churches now in London. You know, one church that we're close to, you know, they've got something like 15,000 in the church. That is unheard of. And yet in the last 20 years, the Holy Spirit has been uh, inspiring people, even in the Church of England. I have to say this because most Church of England, they're irrelevant to my generation, my kind of people, totally irrelevant to most people in this nation. And yet there's a group of people uh, with a guy called Nicky Gumbel, and he's going around buying up all the old churches or at least opening them up and getting them restored, getting rid of all the old dusty, musty smells. And he's putting young couples in to lead them and, and teams in to lead. So there's energy and there's vibrancy and they're growing and they're massive. And, you know, their voice is being heard all over the world. This is amazing. God is not restricted by whatever uh, network or denomination. He will, he will find a man or a woman Who's, who's hungry for him, who's open to him to move on their life. It's a new season and it's a new day. I want to speak to the leaders in Global and say, I'm calling you to rise up and to waken up to this new season. I can't get to you except through Zoom and stuff like that. 
And uh, I, I want you to, to receive messages of encouragement and challenge and saying, come on, it's a new season and we're, we're growing global and we're going global. And it requires people who will live a life like Joshua that says, I don't know which way to go. Let's follow the ark. I'm not sure which way we're going. Follow the man. Follow the woman who's following God. Okay, let's keep going and let's make it happen. Let's have a willing heart. Let's have a spirit that says, I want to do it. I can do it. And uh, last of all, I want to finish with this. Moses' mindset was a wilderness mindset. Just existing, going round in circles. Joshua was a mindset of success. He was taken into the promised land to take possession of what God had promised them. And so that's the new mindset for us as church. That's the new mindset for you business people, you career people. It's a new mindset. And let's believe for success. For so long, the church has wanted to be humble and a bit Uriah Heap. And like almost like, I'm not worthy. It's like, God has made us worthy. His blood shed on the cross, cleansed us from our sin, restored us in our relationship with God. Now we have standing with almighty God himself. Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. So he's like, come on, somebody. You know, let's take hold of what God has done for us and let's walk with heads held high with faith and believing for success and believing for victory. Paul, the apostle says, God always leads us in victory. Not sometimes, he says, always leads us in victory. Wow, I've run out of time and I'm just getting going. I hope you're feeling it from me today. I hope you're feeling, you know, some energy and, and some, some presence of the Holy Spirit in your living room where you are. God wants to do a new thing in our lives. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's your time. And it's your turn. Maybe today you're a visitor. Maybe you've been watching us for a while. And you know that every week we offer Christ. We offer Jesus Christ. You know, Joshua, his name means God is salvation. And the name Jesus is a derivative of Joshua. And it means God saves. And they said, you'll call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And uh, Joshua was like a, a forerunner to Jesus. He was like a foreshadowing of the real thing. And he, he gives us success. He leads us into the new life, the new day, the new time. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, it will cost you everything. God will not tag himself on the edge of your life. It only becomes real to you when you say, here I am, Lord, everything. I'm here to serve you. Forgive me my sins. If you're willing to say that, you can say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you'll come into my life. Forgive me my sins. Cancel out my past in terms of my sins. And I pray for forgiveness. And I receive it because you paid for it at the cross. I receive it as a gift. And I ask that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I open the door of my, my, the door of my life to you. And I ask that you will come in by the power of your spirit and now lead me and guide me. I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon me and transform me and give me the power to keep following you every day. Amen. If you've said that prayer, then get in touch with us and we'll send you some literature because you need uh, guidance when you first 
become a Christian, you know, what do we, where do we go from here? We'll help you with your first few steps. And maybe you're, you're watching from all over the world, different parts of the world, get in touch with us because we're looking for church planters, people that have got the same pioneer spirit that are saying, we want to take this gospel because it is good news. It revolutionizes people's lives. We want to take this all over the world. And uh, if you want to be part of a great movement uh, from God, then get in touch with us because we're on the move. Thanks for listening. Join us again next week. Uh, you know, this, if you're not part of a dinner party, get in touch. And uh, we we dinner party with Zoom at the moment. But when when we can when lockdown's finished, we'll be meeting together. And honestly, we want to plant all over the world. And if you're in a, a country so far away, contact us because we will we will start churches with you out there. We will begin the training long before we meet you personally. So get in touch. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 